Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 8 of Charmed. A Witch in Time. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Show me the middest episode of Charmed of all. Okay, okay. Here's the thing. Yeah. When we finished this episode, you said, okay, so is this the first eh episode of this season? And I said, maybe. But there have been episodes that I thought were eh episodes, and then when we started to talk about them, I realized I liked them a lot more than I thought. Well, like the mermaid thing, we're getting a lot of fun bad stuff, which I feel like is classic charms kind of... Oh, this is hard to say without sounding insulting. Raison d'etre. I, I can't also... I also... thing I read and have not said. But like... The thing that makes later Charmed work is that it's, like, hokey fun. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. It's camp. It's tongue-in-cheek. And honestly, that's the thing that I think didn't work for me about New Charmed. New Charmed was a very middle-of-the-road, solid CW fantasy show. Like, which made it a lot less fun to watch. Mm Mm-hmm. Also... The later seasons were just so bad with continuity stuff. And also, why didn't the sisters ever hang out? Like, Macy's always having her own individual plots, and you know, she's the fun sister to follow because she had the like half-demon thing. Then they retconned the dads, and I just, like, I don't know. It felt like they wanted to do Charmed, but they were also embarrassed to be Charmed, and they didn't want to be, like, camp and fun with it. Not to complain too much about New Charmed, but... I, like, watched the first episode of New Charmed. I don't really have... uh, I don't really have an opinion on it, other than I watched the first episode and didn't watch the second. I guess that's my opinion on New Charmed. It was fine. Which is what this episode is. It was fine. This episode was written by uh, Daniel Cerrone. He was a writer on Dexter, oh. as well as The Blacklist, The Mentalist, Dirty Sexy Money, which was a show that I loved when it was on and haven't thought about until right this minute. Okay. It's kind of funny that you said that because I feel like the thing I hear about Dexter all of the time is it was really good when I was watching it and then I tried revisiting it and it was not. I feel like that's the thing I hear about Dexter all the time. Okay, but I just said that about Dirty Sexy Money. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying I also heard that about Dexter, which was also a show that he worked on, apparently. Yes, yes. Also, he was co-creator of the Constantine TV series. Huh. Which I didn't watch, but I know people loved. Well, the guy who played Constantine in that, Matt something, he also played him in Legends of Tomorrow. Okay. And he's been the voice of Constantine in all of the DC animated stuff. So this dude has sunk his teeth into that role and he is not going to let go. Interesting. Matt Ryan is his name. Matt Ryan. Which, I mean, good for him, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you can become the definitive, like, voice of the role the way Kevin Conroy was for Batman. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, that death hit me way harder than I thought. Because normally I'm not really that affected by celebrity deaths but that one was we felt that one yeah and you saw that thing where mark hamill officially retired from being the joker because he said he didn't want to do it after kevin conroy died i didn't see that wow that's i mean that makes sense i can understand that yeah i am bringing up the writer of this episode specifically because as we record this the wga is still on strike although 
they have just been asked to come back to the table, so maybe they won't be by the time we release this episode. No, we're releasing this episode tomorrow. But maybe they won't be by Monday when you actually sit down to listen to it. Did you see they bullied Stephen Arnell into being in line? I did. That was hilarious. Uh, probably not going to happen with Zachary Levi. He's going on a journey of his own. A bad will tour. God. That guy's just... He, he is just burning through all of the goodwill people had from chuck and i'm gonna say to a lesser degree tangled i think yeah. more, i think more people watch tangled but less people think oh zachary levi is in that movie yeah i think you're right they mostly think chuck yeah yeah i bet chuck hasn't aged well i i enjoyed it while it was on but... i really liked it while it was on i think we're gonna have to talk about chuck at some point though because it had the perfect series finale, and then it got picked up for another season. I, Whoa, I knew Kung Fu. End of show. Perfect ending. Spoiler alert for Chuck. Whatever. It's more than 10 years old. It's fair game. Yes. Uh, although, God, it also, I don't like giving What's-His-Face money. Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin. Oh my god, I got a free copy of his audiobook from Audible. Oh no. I, I didn't know his politics. I was just like, oh, that's interesting. I made it one chapter in. Oh my god, it's so awful. It's about this like space action hero guy, and he's got a sidekick who's a lib snowflake who's majoring in woman's studies even though he's a man and he's always crying and stuff. And I'm like... This is a really, really weird thing for you to have written. Like, I know you played a super right-wing guy in the show, but I, I, I didn't know that's because that's just who you are in real life. Oof, oof. The non-Baldwin Baldwin brother? Yes, the non-Baldwin er, Baldwin. I guess the non-brother Baldwin. The non-brother Baldwin. He could hang out with Billy Baldwin. He's the super Christian one, right? I think... Is it Billy or is it Steven? Oh, God, I don't know. Doesn't matter. The point is, in this house, we support unions. Yes. Anyway. Charmed. Charmed. Charmed, the thing we're actually here to talk about. Okay, so apparently two out of the three sisters are in heat. Oh, my God. Okay, first, we talked about it a little bit last week, but can I just say again how weird it is to see Ken Marino in what is essentially not a comedic role? Yes. Yeah, it's weird. It's, he's a very funny guy. He's almost always in comedies. He's a, he's a comedy person. But he's playing this perfect boyfriend role straight in a way that feels kind of ridiculous because it's Ken Marino. He and, and he's a very handsome man. I think he's the inverse of John Hamm. Mm -hmm. John Hamm being, oh, who will come up later on this show. Yes. John Hamm being a man who is very handsome, so people don't realize how funny he is. Yeah, although you know, lately people, he's been doing, a, he's been taking a lot of roles that little little cameo roles that show those chops. But Ken Reno is the inverse, where he's funny, and since he got his start on the state, you know, a comedic show. People don't realize how handsome he is. And here he's cast as just the handsome guy, like the sexy lamp. Yeah, he is. I mean, his whole role is basically, hi, Phoebe, I'm a very handsome man who's constantly telling you how awesome you are. He's like a cartoon perfect boyfriend. So it will be sadder when he dies except it's kind of funny because it's ken marino he's like oh there's ken marino's death face wah wah 
If I hadn't just sat down and rewatched the other two, this would make me want to sit down and rewatch the other two. Yes. Although I think it might make me want to sit down and rewatch Party Down. Well, there is a new season out. Well, I mean, yeah. not out. A new season has happened. Yeah, but we have to subscribe to a, yet another streaming service to get it. And I'm just waiting oh, for it to boo. come to Hulu. Yeah. 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 I heard it's really good, but I am seriously just waiting for it to come to Hulu. You know, Adam Scott... Of Party Down and also Parks and Rec fame, mm-hmm. perfectly walks that line of handsome and funny. Yeah. People know how handsome he is and people know how funny he can be. I think he's also short, which helps. Okay, that's really interesting because I wasn't going to bring him up because I didn't know how he fits into this dichotomy. Hmm. But James Marsden. Huh. Where does he fit in there? That's interesting because I do think he's a genuinely attractive person, someone who I'm not going to name, but is not you. I feel like I need to clarify. He thinks that he looks like a pug, which I think is unfortunate in a bad way. I I understand It's definitely it, but... not me. I think he's super sexy. He's like, he's like. I'm, I'm like... Dorito shaped? No, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to hurt in the air with my hands. I just, I really. Oh, I thought you were doing his like, his shoulder to hip ratio. If we were the kind of people who had lists, he would be on my list. Yes. The, the celebrity freebie list. But we're not that kind of people. No. But he would be on it. He'd be number one on it. And I would laminate it. Poor Isabella Rossellini. <laughs> I'm assuming you bumped her for him. Yes. Yes. Be- because she's too international. That's a friend's riff. Yeah, we're doing a friend's riff. I, unfortunately, we're doing a friend's riff where I'm cast as Ross. Ew, gross. That happens too much in my life. Can we talk about Charmed? Yeah, we we got less than a second into the episode and immediately went off on a different thing. But yes, Phoebe is at the door and she's trying to eat Ken Marino's face because he's super sexy. He's so sexy that she wants to have sex with him. Well, it is the third date, and according to like it the was rules, the third date last episode. You I know, can't just, do this again. No, no, I'm just joking. I mean, you're kind of not, but I think although last episode he was like, it's the third date, so I guess we're going to kiss because they were in middle school last episode. I know. Okay, but what is going on with Piper? Okay, see, Paige and Phoebe are super horny. Uh, Paige is on the couch making out with some guy. I thought this was going to be a subplot or something, but it's not. She, I, I say making out, but she's talking like she's about to start boning this dude right in the middle of the living room they are you say making out we only see them when they pop up from behind the couch they are humping on that couch by the way his name is max yeah that yes okay yes she is hardcore riding some dude named max and uh he's not gonna be a plot at all don't worry about it and Phoebe is eating Ken Marino's face and then Piper comes in like the angel of boner death Okay, what is her problem with Phoebe? She's she's bitching to Leo that Phoebe shouldn't be with this guy because she's just on the rebound from her divorce and this is guy is totally wrong for her because he's a computer programmer and Phoebe's all about emotions and this guy's all about numbers. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really, like, Piper is very determined to be a rainy cloud on Phoebe's love picnic. Let your sister get laid, my God! Although that is kind of a weird thing, but they all live together, so what are you going to do? Yeah. So, Piper comes in and she's like, 
Okay, stop it, stop it. Spraying water on all of you. Shut up. Everyone get out of my house. I mean, she comes in. I'm pregnant, by the way. Also, I'm pregnant. (laughs) In case you forgot. Well, I mean, the way that she is just going on and on about how Phoebe can't possibly find love with this guy is going to be a boner killer for the guy trying to bone her sister on the couch, no matter what. Yeah. So Phoebe leads Miles, that is Ken Marino's character's name, Miles. Uh, Phoebe leads him upstairs. They start kissing. He, uh, she takes off her shirt. She She's like bra and skirt and he makes it look like he's about to start taking off his shirt then he just doesn't which is a very odd move i think but i mean as somebody who has had sex with heterosexual men i feel like i definitely get naked a lot faster than they do like they're definitely slow with the getting naked so that didn't strike me as that weird i don't know it's just it's that he makes like he's about to take i mean this is really splitting hairs, but the fact that he's like, he looks like he's about to take off his shirt and then he just stops and, you know, throws her onto the bed. Well, okay. She tosses him onto the bed. Yes. So perhaps he was just interrupted. This is by far not the point of the scene, which is that Phoebe gets a premonition of him getting, uh, him being a, uh, what, what would you call it? Uh, uh innocent bystander. He gets shot during a shootout between the police and, some guy. Some guy. I think we've said it before. It has not become a refrain, but I think it might become a refrain. But Phoebe's premonitions are jerks. Yeah. You know, it's the sort of thing normally I'd like to blame the elders for, but this isn't a this isn't a Cordelia and the powers that be situation. No one is sending Phoebe these visions. These are things that Phoebe is manifesting herself. But usually, Phoebe's premonitions are jerks because... They don't give her enough information. Right, but in this case, her premonition is a jerk because she... I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil what this episode is about, but she's not supposed to save him. He has been fated to die, and if she saves him, the angel of death is just gonna keep showing up and trying to kill him again and again and again. And it's like... I like how he doesn't bother manifesting this time. Like, last time with Prue, he actually manifested to explain what was going on. And this this time he's like, eh, not worth it. Look, they know the deal. And he'll manifest again when Piper needs to learn the same lesson later. But for Phoebe, he's like, I'm not touching this with a 10-foot pole. Please don't make me talk to Phoebe. But why would she even have a premonition about someone she's not allowed to save? Her premonitions are jerks. Yeah. And I mean, remember, they, they do seem to be getting more actively malicious this season. Well, and remember, she hasn't had one in a while, she brought up. Well, no, remember, her powers evolved in the episode with um, Ava, is how I'm choosing to describe that episode. They evolved so that she got injured in the same way the people in her visions got injured, which, prepare for that not to ever happen again. I mean, that didn't happen just now. She didn't get shot. Yeah, which she should have, Her power, but... They're, they talk about this as part of her powers advancing, which, again, I know we're beating a dead horse at this point, but her powers are so much worse than they were in season one. They really are. Remember when she could just have visions whenever she felt like it, and she could, like, hold on stuff from those visions? And remember stuff in those visions, which is going to be the climax of this episode? Yeah, like, 
well, it happens early on, but then it. Well, the the the, the, the fact tin, that yeah. she yes, the fact that she can't remember where the shooting took place. Yeah, in the episode with Mark, the ghost played by John Cho, she was able to hold on a premonition so that she could write down the Chinese characters, you know, where the guy who killed him was, so that they could help his ghost, blah blah blah, revenge or whatever. Yeah. The point is, though, she could, like, review them like they were films. Yes. Which is really cool, and I don't think it was show-breaking enough for them never to mention it again. I mean, nobody's, like, paying attention to what's going on with Phoebe's powers, with Phoebe's continuity. Again. Like, in the episode with Ava, where she mentions not having a premonition in a while, she also, she's, remember she tried to demonstrate her levitating, and she rose, like, two inches off the ground instead of her usual six? Yes. And like I don't, I don't remember that. I'm sure it happens, but we're we're going to be seeing less and less of that levitation as time goes on. Well, she's actually going to lose her levitation. Yeah, eventually they just get rid of her active powers because it was too expensive. I assume. I guess. I just. Or maybe maybe the harness was uncomfortable, and Alyssa Milano was like, "No, I'm not doing that anymore." Couldn't they have just taken away her levitation? She also lost the empathy, which you don't see me crying about. But it's not like that was. I don't feel you crying about it either. Oh, God. It's not like that was an expensive power. It was just a very, 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 very irritating power. I think they just didn't know how to write it. Well, because you could channel powers, because you, you use emotions to fuel your powers, so... But we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Yes. She has had a premonition of Miles dying, and now she has to prevent it, or else Miles will die. Here's my question for you. Okay. How'd the rest of that evening go? Because it is now the next morning. Like, what happens after that? After you are about to bone down and you have a premonition of your lover dying, then what do you do? Because we just cut to the next morning with the two of them going downstairs to breakfast. And Piper says, look who's coming to breakfast, which is weird because that references Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which is like... A movie about race, which this is not max they're from two different worlds she's an advice columnist and he's a computer programmer they could never make it work how would they raise the children <laughs> what the fuck is piper's problem in this episode hey piper what are i mean okay unfair i was about to say what are you in leo's jobs because i was thinking doctor and club owner but i guess witch and white lighter are... yeah that goes pretty well together although also is forbidden which is sexy. Just like good voice columnists and computer programmers. It's, it's forbidden. Basically a modern Romeo and Juliet story. Yeah. Two two professions, both alike in dignity. In fair San Francisco we set our scene. But yeah, Piper's really taken her awful pills. <laughs> She's so mean to Ken Marino for no reason. I guess, to be fair, she learns not to be a huge asshole, but also he dies, so she never has to put it in pro into practice. She's like, I won't be as mean to the next one. She actively says that. That's that's her that's her takeaway. So she gives him some muffins. Uh, Phoebe. Phoebe, not Piper, obviously. Yeah. Phoebe gives him some muffins and sends him on his way, and they make plans to meet that day for lunch. Which is like, oh my god, calm down. So you had sex last night and you're gonna have lunch together? Ugh. Uh, the worst part of a relationship, the you know 
when love is new and you feel like you have to spend all of your time together instead of just when love is you know matured and you're spending all of your time together but you don't have to make a whole thing out of it yes exactly also i'm glad she's getting paid the big bucks as an advice columnist is he paying for lunch do you think he he's the like perfect boyfriend type so i guess he probably is yeah i think he is plus he's got all that computer programmer money Mm. i mean it is san francisco it is san francisco yeah like huh yeah okay so phoebe tells piper and and Paige, who's also there and leah who's also there also Paige and peggy but the point is that she why isn't there a charm sister named peggy I feel like we've brought this up before, but it's right there. Honestly, they they really went to Phoebe too early. And I mean, Paige is... Paige the, is a better name than Phoebe. Yeah, it Well, because it also has the papa. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, instead of the pho. Okay, but that's not my point. My point is that Phoebe tells them that she had this premonition of Ken Burrito died, and Piper's response is... See, this is why I didn't want you to fall in love. Because anybody you fall in love with might die. This is what happens. And it's like... Jesus Christ, Piper. What is your problem, Piper? She also tells Phoebe, like, rebound relationships are hot, but they burn out quickly. You're, you're, this isn't who you should be with. And it's like, um, you, you, no, no, What? I, look, I'm on record as saying quite often that the only way to get over somebody is to get under someone else. You should be encouraging your sister to have as much sex as she wants to have so that she can get over, uh, cool. what's his name? I, and personally, I think she should just get under a coal, but... Well, know. I mean, let's... Ugh. Oh, but, and you know who you don't have to worry about getting killed in a drive-by shooting? Coal. Yeah. But, because I'm not Piper, I'm not gonna tell Phoebe how to live her life. Yes. So... Paige is like, why don't I go with, uh, why don't, why don't I go with Phoebe to go stop her boyfriend from getting shot? And Leah's like, I think I'm going to do a little our get along shirt thing here and have Piper tag along because I think that Piper's freezing ability will be more useful in stopping bullets than your object orbing power. Sure. Uh, I, guess. I mean, he's right. I, I, I assumed he was just being accurate. I mean, Paige couldn't just go bullets and then you know have bullets fall in her hands i mean she could well i they would still have their kinetic energy so they would like shoot through her hands it would be bad and she could orb them back into the guy i mean i guess killing people is wrong or whatever but yeah whatever (laughs) or she could orb them into the ground sure but yeah no i i get what i get what leo's doing here he doesn't want to spend time with piper See, I thought Leo was pointing out to us, the audience, that even though Piper is the right choice as far as power sets go, she is being so terrible this episode that she's actively going to let Phoebe's boyfriend die, which, spoiler alert, is exactly what's going to happen. So, uh, hello, our old friend, establishing shots of San Francisco. A little less, and uh, we cut to an action shot of them driving around because Phoebe knows the general area, but she's not exactly sure. If you had this premonition last night, why did why you... Why are you waiting till the last second? Yes. You sat on this for so long. You had breakfast. It is later that day now. 
Oh my god, yeah! Because she's like, it happened when we were meeting up for our lunch date, so I guess we have to go to our... Just change the change where your lunch date is. There you go. Wow. Okay. I I can't even I can't even deal with that mess right now. Uh, because Piper parks in a loading zone, and then a delivery truck comes and blocks her in, and she gets all carried about it, yelling at the delivery guy. And because now she can't get out, when Phoebe comes back and is like, "Okay, it's down this road," and they can't leave because. Piper's blocked in, and they're like, we'll just run, it's only ten blocks! I think it's only two blocks, which I would actually think might be faster running than driving. Yeah, probably. Anyway, they run down an alleyway, they're like, wait, left or right? And Phoebe can't remember from her premonition if it's left or right. They take a chance and turn left, and they get there just in time. She asks Piper, she's like, should I go left or right? And Piper doesn't say, you're the one who had the fucking premonition, Phoebe. And so she's like, left? And they go left, and it's the right way, and, you know, they... they The correct way. The correct, yes. It's the correct way. And they see Ken Marino about to be shot in the face, and uh, they they freeze. It's it's very odd. The police are chasing a man down an alley. The man takes out a gun, and he starts shooting, and Ken Marino's just kind of like, tum-ta-tum-tum-tum, I'm walking down the street. Okay, actually, actually, it's framed pretty well because Ken Marino is walking down a side street and the guy, like, tries to, the the guy who's running away, the criminal or whatever, tries to shoot down that side street to get away from the cops who are chasing him in a car. Mm. And then the cars see that happen and they come after him. And then he shoots at the car and, of course, hits Ken Marino instead. Except he doesn't because Piper freezes the scene. Uh, Phoebe runs over and slaps the bullets to the ground. I do, it's, they do it every time Piper freezes bullets, but I do love that whoever's knocking the bullets away always shakes their hands. Ow. Yeah, because it's hot. Yeah. It's a little bit of acting, but it, it the fact that they do it consistently, I, I like it a lot. As Piper unfreezes time, they kind of stage it, so it looks like Phoebe showed up at just the right second to knock him out of the way. And he's like, oh my god, you saved my life. Now I am indebted to you, and we have to do that old 1950s sitcom story where I pretend to be your like indentured servant for the rest of my life because you saved my life yes that yes and he kisses phoebe in gratitude only for her to have a premonition of him having dinner with them and then getting knived by a demon knifed by a demon yeah yeah like a knife thrown through his chest and she's like oh my god this guy cannot get a break Except she's Phoebe, so she's like, oh my god, I cannot get a break! Why does my boyfriend keep dying? Yeah, she does kind of make this all about her. Anyway, as they take him away from this scene, some guy walks out of a wall. And then he he, he mystically moves a shrub in front of the wall. To hide the time portal where he came out? Okay, the thing is, the, the physical time hold thing actually gets a lot of play in the Chris season later. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So this is an establishing that will come back later. It's a little silly. I, I mean, it's fair because we use it later to establish that as long as he is in the past, the time hole stays open. And that's, as a time travel aficionado, I just want to say that is nicely done. That is a nice way to kind of deal with the different ways that time moves where this guy is from and in the present. Like, okay, you know what? Well done. I'm okay with it. So this guy blinks, so we know he's a warlock. 
which nice nice that we're still using warlocks he blinks into cole's apartment and he's like hey cole i'm a uh, warlock from six months in the future you become- wait 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 i'll say no 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 i'm a warlock from the future from the future yeah from the future and it's six <laughs> months in the future that's barely the future come on man it reminded me of an episode of American Dad that I don't know that you've watched because it's a relatively recent one where uh, Roger from the future shows up and it's Roger from like a week later. Huh. Okay. Okay, so. First thing, Cole is sitting in his apartment with like a depression beard eating Chinese food in a very like cinematically ostentatiously showing that I'm depressed way. And it's like, I get that you're heartbroken, but you're still going to work as a lawyer and, like, doing your thing. So you're only, like, depression bearding on the weekends. Yes. I don't know. Schlubby Cole kind of works for me. Oh, don't get me wrong. He's still totally hot. It's just, like, Cole, you're not, like, sitting in sweatpants on your couch Monday through Friday. So what is this supposed to indicate to me? Yeah, he does still have his lawyer job. Yeah. Which he does not need. Like... You can just be a guy, Cole. You could just be a demon. Like, he's got... Whatever, it doesn't matter. In six months, he's going to be head of the underworld again, apparently. Yes, Cole is going to re-become the source. Uh, I guess they don't actually say no, the source. No, yeah, not the source of all evil, just the head of the underworld. Hmm. I don't really see how we get from point A to point B here, but Cole hasn't had the most consistent characterization this season I anyway, mean, so... he's super powerful. He has all these demon powers now. I don't feel like he needs to be the source of all evil again. Yeah, but being the head of the underworld seems like you're actually doing stuff. I can't see him wanting to be involved in underworld politics after everything that went down. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're in agreement that he has the power to do it. He just doesn't want to. Yeah. So I can see, though, something happening in the next six months to make him want to. Like Phoebe dying? All right, so that's what this warlock has come back in time to tell him. Which, why? I mean, what what part of that? Okay, so future Cole has sent this warlock back in time to make sure that Ken Marino dies so that Phoebe doesn't die trying to save Ken Marino from dying. Which is apparently what's going to happen in six months time. Why bother having the warlock tell past Cole about it? Why doesn't he just have the, why didn't the warlock, I mean, I know the warlock has his own thing going on, so maybe this is part of that. It's not! Yeah, it actively works against him. Why tell Cole any of this? Why not just kill Ken Marino and then do the, you know, thing where you team up with your past self to steal the Book of Shadows, because that's what's going to happen here. Okay, I do have a thing, like, I, I do have a, a an answer to this. It's not, they don't give us an answer, but I do have kind of an answer to this. Okay. So Cole argues with this warlock. He's like, I cannot kill Ken Marino myself because if I kill an innocent slash Phoebe's new boyfriend, she's definitely not going to get back together with me. So I don't think he wants to make sure Ken Marino dies. I think he wants to go convince Phoebe not to save him. So somebody needs to give Cole that information so that Cole can go convince Phoebe not to save Ken Marino. But of course, Cole doesn't decide to do that, so now this guy's got to take matters into his own hand. Okay. I guess I can see that, but that feels like an awful lot of middleman for the same result. Dead Ken Marino. Like, wouldn't it just be simpler to send the warlock back in time to kill Ken Marino? I think that... I guess. I guess. I don't know. 
whatever. <laughs> so Cole's like, yeah, the thing is, like, I'm not evil, and I believe I believe that you are actually from the future because you have my wedding ring, which I still have because, you know, sad bachelor man. But I also don't want Phoebe to be mad at me for her new boyfriend dying, so knife to the face. And the warlock just blinks on the point. He's like, your future self told me you'd do that. Why, why did future Cole send this guy? Wait, why did Future Cole just come himself? What? What's going on with Future Cole? Yeah, I mean, Cole, our Cole can shapeshift. So, like, Future Cole could have just come himself, made himself look like some regular-ass demon, and killed Ken Marino. Wow. You're making this so much more complicated than it needs to be. You know what? I think that that's what happens when you get into politics. It just, like, warps your brain in a way that makes it impossible for you to just do things in a straightforward manner. That's why our Cole, the Cole we know and love, has no interest in running the underworld. And whatever's going to happen to warp his brain in the next six months is going to make it so that he can't figure out how to kill Ken Marino. Okay, but now that it, now that we've been through this, future Cole did tell this warlock to tell past Cole about the situation, even though he knew that. Pa- I, I guess yeah, I guess you were right that he was hoping that past Cole would just convince Phoebe to let Ken Marino die, which is not what ends up happening. He should have. She should have gone straight to Piper, right? Yeah. Ugh. But yeah. Back at the manor, the sisters are discussing the fact that Phoebe had yet another vision of this guy dying. And Paige is like, so it's a magic thing, right? If you're having premonitions about it, it's a magic thing. And Piper's like, that that used to not be the case, but then it kind of was. And, you know, uh, and Phoebe's like, no, it's not a magic thing. It's just bad luck. And it's like, why do you think it's not a magic thing? Like, Phoebe is very insistent that magic is not involved with the whole Ken Marino death thing, which... She's right, though. I mean... She's not. It's... it's okay, are, are we counting the angel of death as... Yeah, no, he's not a magical thing. That's why he's not evil or good. He just He's just a natural force. Yeah, so but Ken it, it's, Marino a, it's was... a mystical thing that she's getting final destination. By the way, final... But that doesn't make any sense! Why was she getting these premonitions if she's not supposed to, nay, not allowed to stop them? Spoiler alert, we never get a good explanation. We get an explanation, but it doesn't make any sense. Oh, her emotional connection to him was so deep that she... (laughs) But yes, no, she should not have been getting those premonitions. Do you think that's on the Angel of Death? Do you think part of his deal is stopping psychics from uh, stopping this sort of thing? No, I just think that it shouldn't... I, I think just laws of nature it shouldn't be allowed to happen so we're actually pretty late in the episode for me to be bringing up buffy but it's like buffy right you can't apply magic to somebody who died a natural death oh that would have been a fun thing to do here right well but that's so she shouldn't have premonitions because that's applying magic to a natural death Hmm. i mean not to go back to season one but But she did have the premonition of the guy getting hit by the car and then was able to save him without it being a whole final destination thing yes also, her first premonition stopped a kid on a bike from getting hit by a car. Okay, maybe those cars were being driven by demons. <laughs> maybe that kid and that businessman were future, future white, white lighters. lighters. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or when she had that premonition about um, 
about the winning lottery ticket number so that she could help that old couple keep their house. I that, miss I okay. miss when her premonitions did stuff like that. That was fun. Okay, but like banks are demons, so that makes sense to me. That's fine. But anyway, yeah, Phoebe I don't know, but Phoebe is weirdly resistant to the idea that something magic is going on here, but she's just going to keep stopping Ken Marina from dying until whatever is happening stops happening. Sure, why not? Solid plan there, Phoebe. No, she had told Ken Marino before, after she saved his life, that she would have him over to the house and get rid of her sisters, and the two of them could bone on the couch that Paige just boned on with her guy, who we're not going to see again for the rest of the episode. God, I hope they clean that couch. Ooh. But because Ken Marino is now slated to die, her sisters are all there, and he comes in all horned up and then sees all the sisters and is like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, he's like, hey, Phoebe, I thought we could skip dinner and go straight to dessert. And by dessert, I mean my, oh, she's hey, like, hey, hey, other women who live in this house. She's like, surprise, I'm serious about you. Now you have to get to know my family so they can approve of you. Wah, wah. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my sisters. Oh, dear. Yep, that's the way it goes. What is this Greek mythology? Huh, you'd think I was referencing a particular thing but not really there there are lots of three sisters in greek mythology but you don't tend to bone them anyway ken marino is all like oh my god phoebe saved my life i can't ever repay her because i was definitely gonna die and she definitely saved my life i love her so i worship her i want to kiss her feet i i am i pop i prostrate myself before her also, did I mention that I'm super rich and I have, like, a winter home in Tahoe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super rich. I'm very face handsome and body fit and, you know... I've... He is! I'm sorry to harp on this, but Ken Marino is very face handsome and body fit! It's true. It's really funny in that scene. It's played for comedy, that scene in the other two where he tries to seduce Ben Platt, but I'm like, I mean, I would not be surprised if Ben Platt went for it. Yeah! All right, speaking of not going for it, Cole shows up with his depression beard and Piper waylays him in the kitchen. He's like, wait, I have to stop Phoebe because she's going to try to save this guy's life. And Piper's like, yeah, been there, done that. What the fuck? Cole is literally filled with all of the evil in the world, Piper. You should not be relating to him. Yeah. But Honestly, though, like, she's trying to keep Cole away from Phoebe because she's like, no, Cole, Phoebe doesn't need to deal with your bullshit right now. And good on her for that. But also, he does know stuff. He's a demon, but also he's a demon. He knows stuff that's happening. Also, Way more than the elders are going to let you know. Yeah, like, not not to say that this is a good reason to let him back into your lives. But he has been kind of constantly saving your asses all season. As soon as he stopped trying to kill you, he did nothing but try to save you. Yeah, like, he's the one who helped Phoebe not be a mermaid anymore. Uh, he saved her from being smashed after she got turned into a pumpkin in the fairy tale episode. Uh, I feel like a third thing happened. He killed that guy who nearly revealed that... Uh, the, the newspaper guy who was going to reveal that uh, they were all witches. I mean, I guess that probably isn't something you want to That's not give. a good thing. You don't want to give him... It's a good thing that he stopped it from happening. It's a bad thing that he did it by murdering him. 
but that, in general, he's been pretty helpful this season. Yes. Now, at this particular moment, though, the warlock shows up to try to kill Ken Marino again. The sisters manage to stop him. And Phoebe tackles him out of the way, knocking him unconscious. Yes. And then Ken Marino's like, wait, did you just save my life a second time? Yeah. When he regains consciousness during this scuffle with the warlock, uh, Piper tries to blow him up and it doesn't work. Just keep that in your back pocket. Yes. I mean, it's not super important, but it's a good thing to know. Uh, during the scuffle, the chandelier gets knocked down. And when he regains consciousness, Phoebe's like, yes, I saw the chandelier falling and I tackled you out of the way and you lost consciousness. He's like, should I go to a hospital? And she's like, it's fine. Should I go to some sort of luck hospital? <laughs> because I almost died twice in one day. Hey, I've almost died twice. Yeah, even Buffy, it wasn't all in one day. Okay, so... Piper... Paige and Leo are looking through the Book of Shadows. Phoebe's off dealing with Ken Marino. And Paige is like, wait, why isn't this warlock in the Book of Shadows? Oh, it's because he's from the distant future of six months from now! Yes. Yes, they point out that a warlock powerful enough to resist being, you know, exploded by Piper should be in the book. Although I have I to... Would, I think we're probably going to make the same argument. Please go ahead. I have to imagine there are tons of warlocks who are getting more powerful all the time. Like, Yes! If he's powerful enough that he can fight you, that means that he hasn't fought the people who were by definition weaker than you and been vanquished yet and therefore get an entry in the Book of Shadows. Yeah, like, also, warlock, like... Like, the I warlocks know, are a dime a dozen. Yeah, like, I know there are some famous ones who are in the book, but, like, you have to imagine that there are lots of warlocks that the Charmed One's ancestors just, like, never encountered. If, or, again, are fresh and have worked their way up by killing the minor witches you're not in contact with because you have no interest in being connected with the rest of the mystical community. Seriously, if every warlock was in the Book of Shadows, that thing would be massive, more so than it is. Hmm. Mm. But Piper tells Paige that Cole showed up and told, filled her in on the whole future warlock thing. And that they're not going to tell Phoebe this because Phoebe's mixed up enough with her rebound guy dying over and over again. She doesn't need to know that Cole is also being Cole. Even though she definitely knows that Cole's being Cole, but whatever. Okay, so not to talk about Buffy, so I'm not. <laughs> okay. There's an episode of Supernatural that does oh, this. Oh, wow, you're actually not talking about Buffy. Yeah. There's an episode of Supernatural that does this better. It's not the same exact thing. It's not Final Destination. It's, I'd say Groundhog Day, but I think Happy Death Day to you is the... Uh, the time loop. Yeah, the time loop thing to invoke in a thing where um, one of the brothers... Uncle Dean. Dean keeps on dying. Is it the one that was in Gilmore Girls or the other one? The other one. Okay, that's Dean. Yeah. The other one is Sam, and Who he played, played Dean. Dean in Gilmore Girls, which yeah. makes me so angry all the time. Continue. Sorry. So uh, he keeps on, they, they go to this one town because they hear something supernatural is happening in it. Ooh. And and he dies. But after he dies, Sam wakes up, and it's, you know, their first day in the town again. And, you know, it's a time loop story. So there's a certain point where he's just basically doing the bill murray at the end of groundhog day thing where he's just constantly making sure okay stop now okay 
don't pet that dog don't have uh don't have pancakes at that restaurant we're going to turn around and not go down that street like it's a whole thing and you get the impression that he's been doing this for possibly years at this point and then it turns out it's uh i think it's a genie or something and then later it turns out that the genie was actually an angel because everything was angels or something in that show i don't know i lost track of it but uh but i feel like that's a better version of this because groundhog day or happy death day to you and final destination do share do you know the plot of Happy Death Day to You? Yes, yes, of course. Should I mention it in case people sure. don't know? Okay. Happy Death Day to You is basically Groundhog Day, except this girl keeps on getting murdered, and every time she gets murdered, she wakes up at the beginning of the day, and it's through very complicated things. And one of the things I like about it is that she, she in, in, the, in the end, spoiler alert for Happy Death Day to You, it's been a while, uh, she defeats, like, she gets away from the murderer, uh... And then it's getting close to the end of the day and she dies anyway. And she realizes that it, since it's her birthday, the first thing she does every day is eat a cupcake that her roommate uh, gave her. And it was poisoned because her roommate's been the serial killer the whole time and not the person she ended up thinking it was. Right. It, that's, And then she she just takes out the roommate. To, you know. Yeah. It's not like this is the one that's stuck. But she realized that if she hadn't, if the roommate hadn't changed her mind and decided to just murder her she would have just died from the cupcake the whole time also i have to point out that this is that this is happy death day you keep saying happy death day to you which is actually the, the sequel. sequel yes because it's yeah to you to you which why <laughs> apparently they decide to explain it more in the sequel which that's what sequels do apparently it's good i i don't know i'm like you had a fun premise for the first one like that uh, Freaky Friday horror remake, Freaky. Freaky. Which is also vaguely the plot of The Hot Chick. Yes. A movie I enjoyed very much when it came out, but I'm sure has aged horribly. There is an audible original audio drama called... The one about uh, that world where body swapping is super common that you were telling me about? Yeah. Oh, it's called Switch, Please. <laughs> god uh and it's about a world where body swapping is just a thing that happens and just, you just have to deal with it and they're describing all of the different ways that people have body swapped in movies and they're like man a lot of these are really racist including the hot chick yes the hot chick and the Lindsay lohan freaky friday thing are just yeah they bring up both of those in switch please yes and also the sarah silverman show has an episode where um the, her two gay neighbors switch bodies and the joke is that they're so similar, it doesn't matter at all. And they end up getting help from one of their dads. And he reveals that he's actually a Chinese prostitute who switched bodies with his dad way, way, way back in the day. And that, you know, and she was like, you know what? I was better off, so I just ran with it. And he's like, well, you did kind of become a better dad after you came back from that business trip. Okay. So, I know, I know the Sarah Silverman show has not aged well. Oof, no, definitely not. Although, I do like that she mentions it in her book, too. Her book, which is way more, like, I, I like her book a lot, but she had, Bedwetter. Like, Bedwetter. 
uh, it's really good, but she, like, she had a legitimately traumatic life. Like, a lot of really horrible stuff happened to her. But, uh, she, she talked about how she's glad they decided to make the, uh, two guys next door gay. Because the original thing was just, you know, they were stoner losers, and it was Brian Poisson and that guy who looked kind of like Brian Poisson, who's in Superstore. Yeah. And she's like, originally they were just roommates, and we just said, hey, let's make them gay. It'll be an extra joke. The joke is that they these two slobby guys who do not look like how gay guys normally were portrayed in the media are gay. And that's what got them the second season, because Logo paid for it in part. I did not know that. Yeah, Logo was like, hey, look, this is, weirdly enough, a pretty solid portrayal of a gay couple, even though they weren't really physically intimate at all. Like, they were just a couple on TV, which... Huh. And not to once more pivot, because God, we don't want to talk about this episode. That was also a thing in Mission Hill, which had one of the first gay animated kisses. Uh-huh. Because remember, the guys who owned the his building were a gay couple. You say remember. I haven't seen a single second of Mission Hill, but okay. Really? Yeah, really. Huh. That's another thing where I was like, I really enjoyed it at the time, but I can't imagine it's aged well. Yeah, that's probably true. Also, Brian Poisson was in that show, but not as one of the gay couple. Huh. Although Tom Kenny was half of the gay couple. Interesting. Hmm. Anyway, we cut to an apartment where a disheveled looking version of the future warlock is because... He has to be disheveled because he can't be young because he's only six months in the past. I mean, it's not enough time. It's not, especially because like he's he's like he's a he's a scrounger. He's a bottom feeder because he's hunting a witch whose power is invisibility, which seems honestly like a better power than anything Phoebe gets. Yeah, that's true. And, I would tell the empathy. I would love to have invisibility. But uh, he's hunting a witch who has invisibility, and his future self voips into the room, and he's like, Hi, I'm you from the future. The witch is right there. Uh, so we need to team up so that we can roll the underworld instead of Cole, because I don't know if you know this, Cole sucks. And the guy's like, who's Cole? And he's like, just... like, don't even worry about it. Just team up with me. Me and my mighty six months in the future powers. Uh, he's like, why should I believe you? He's like, well, because I know everything you know, plus six full months. Yes. I'm like a baby in that I advance a whole hell of a lot in six months. He knows a magical future spell from six months in the future that lets him touch the Book of Shadows, even though they're evil. It, like, makes the Book of Shadows think that they're good. Okay, evil has been trying to get this book for, like, 200 years. I guess the last six months were key in this. This, this like, nothing warlock figured it out? Yeah, not, not to harp on this too much, but... There's a potion he can brew that will give his, it'll give his past self an aura of goodness so that he can hold the book. Okay. So, Piper and Paige go to talk to Cole to pump him for information. And he's like, I mean, guy came from the future to tell to warn me that if phoebe tries to protect this guy he's gonna die and he's like i told you everything i know you know what i know we're watching the same movie (laughs) and Paige is like why would a warlock listen to you and he's like i don't feel like that's a relevant question i'm pretty sure i could make a warlock do whatever i want i 
You could probably make warlocks do whatever you want. I'm sure there's a spell in the Book of Shadows for that. That's a dumb question. I, the the point is that he's dancing around the fact that he apparently rules the underworld in the future. But like, yeah, that's I'm sorry, Paige. That's a dumb question. If you believe Cole already, let's not worry about how evil Cole's going to be in six months. Yeah. So he tells them, "Look, you know this. You've met the angel of death. You, you you've met the angel of death before." And uh, you know, Piper's like, "Well, prove out the angel of death." We're just kind of there, and he's like, "You are aware of the angel of death as an entity. You know how this works. When someone is destined to die, nothing you do can stop them from dying. Remember, Prue didn't save that cop. Do you remember this? The cop that Prue let get killed by those brain sucker guys who were hunting me. Do you? How? Yeah. Speaking I, of, I was supposed to say was Cole around for that, but he was. Yeah. Speaking of people who are fated to die, we skipped over the fact that Phoebe has yet another premonition now of Ken Marino falling off of his balcony. And now they're at his apartment and she's looking at the balcony that she knows he's going to fall off of because I guess the railings are loose or something. Yeah. And she's like, it's nice staying indoors. We should stay indoors. And he's like, oh, yeah, I only go out in my balcony to think my deep thoughts, which is pretty often because I do like to think deep thoughts often. Hey, you want to go out on that balcony now? No, no, don't. I mean, Phoebe's why did you like, go back to the apartment? Well, I think she didn't know that that was the place for her premonition until they got there. Although I feel like, Phoebe, I feel like you have a really good way to keep him off the balcony. Just throwing this out there. Mm. Just pull Phoebe from friends and chain him to a radiator. Uh, Where do you think Mike is? Okay, seriously, though, never leave chained up people alone. That's how he dies. Yes. We've all seen that movie with Megan Fox, or read that short story that movie was based off of. Megan Fox is in Gerald's Game? Yeah. Oh. It's, she's supposed to be really good in it. No, no, I... Respect to Megan Fox. Nothing but respect for Megan Fox. Just... No, no, it's Gerald's Game that freaks me out. Actually, I think it might just be loosely based on the concept, because I'm pretty sure she's chained to uh, like she's handcuffed to a guy she's like her husband decides that he's going to try to kill her and he does it while they're handcuffed together and then she kills him in self-defense and then she's chained to his corpse okay so i think that's a different movie loosely based on john's game they did make a movie version of john's game ah by the way don't read gerald's game it's really gross or i guess watch either movie i mean i guess you can a lot of people like the megan fox thing it's part of her I, I don't want to say it's in the same oeuvre as Jennifer's Body, but do you think of Jennifer's Body as a fuck men movie? Yes. And you know what? We don't have time for me to get into Jennifer's Body here. It's really good. People were too harsh on it when came. Well, it's... No, listen, people are rediscovering Jennifer's Body now and realizing what a good movie it was, but I do not like Jennifer's Body because... I do not like fuck men movies where women are forced to sacrifice themselves to show how much how terrible the men are. Mm. I would have liked Jennifer's Body a lot more if uh, I I just if uh, are, are we worried about spoilers for Jennifer's Body because I think we're over the ten year rule on that one. No, no, it's just my issue with Jennifer's Body is like why does women's revenge fantasy fiction always have to result in like the destruction of the woman it doesn't though 
Needy is the main character, and Needy survives. Jennifer's the one who deserves the revenge. I don't know. It's, I mean, I guess, but... And and Needy's the one who, okay, yes, spoilers for a 10-year-old movie, more than that, like 20, right? Yeah. Needy is herself infected with the demon and then is able to exert revenge on jennifer's behalf at the end of the movie although unlike jennifer she's not a corpse being piloted around by a demon yes but like jennifer i know it's not jennifer anymore jennifer's body like turns on needy because it's a demon i just i want i want i want revenge i want women's revenge fantasy to end in like the women getting to be happy together at the end. That's all I want. It's like promising young woman. Uh, but I mean, Jennifer's dead for most of the movie. Like, no, y- yeah. Like, if she was still in there somewhere, it would be a, a different movie. Yeah. No. So what I'm saying is, it's not that the movie is bad. It's that it's not for me because I don't like I don't like when it, like the destruction of the female body is like a necessity in exacting the men suck message of the movie. Well, I think I know. I get that's what makes the men suck. I get that. I just I don't like it. Uh, I think revenge movies might just not be for you. I mean, do you like Kill Bill? Yeah, I love Kill Bill. But the bride is not destroyed in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. She's not. That's what I want. So Jennifer's body would work better for you if it started off with the band sacrificing Chip. Well, to, to put a demon in Jennifer. No. No. That wouldn't, that wouldn't work. I just, I don't think the movie works. <laughs> okay. So in The Magicians. Yes. Are you going to talk about how they changed Julia's plot? Oh my god, we need to get back to Charm. No, no, this is important. This is important. And also, um, just so our listeners know, I'm in the process of trying to convince you to do a magician's podcast after this. Welcome to Break Bills. I think... Okay, well... But, no, the the plot where uh, we go to the town where when women become angered, they get taken over by demons. Yeah. But then it turns out that the demons are actually on the women's side and the women and the demons team up to kill all the men. That's the kind of revenge story I want. It's interesting because that takes the place of Janet's story in The Magician's Land. Oh, I guess it does. I had figured that they diverged so much at that point. But it is loosely the same story. Uh, Obviously with very... Actually, uh, honestly, a lot of stuff about it has changed outside of the, you know... I, I wasn't even thinking of the Magician's Land as at all being correlating to what happens in the Magicians because the stories have, like, diverged so much. But, yeah, I see how that's, yeah. Yeah, except the difference is in the Magician's Land, the story has her go to that different place and to learn magic from, you know, to learn their brand of magic. And the guy teaches her, but then he humiliates her in front of the village and she ends up just killing everyone and taking all of his magic. See, I like this story better. Hmm. I guess they're also very different stories outside of her getting revenge on a group of people in order to learn new magic. But my point was that's why Jennifer's body's not for me. Mm. Charmed. Where were we? So 
So Piper and Paige return from Cole's apartment to fill Phoebe in on the fact that this guy is destined to die and maybe just shut up and let him die already. Here's the thing, though. Phoebe had followed my advice and taken Ken Marino to bed. And then when her sisters show up at the apartment to warn her, he's like, well, as long as I'm not boning at this very second, I may as well lean on this balcony railing and think about stuff. Like, they (laughs) created the problem. Although I guess she couldn't just bone him continuously. Eventually he was going to lean on that balcony railing. Okay, so he has time to do this because Phoebe goes off on this long thing about how this relationship is important for her and for her growth and how she needs this to move past Cole. And it's like, also, he's a human person. Like, it's weird that whether or not this guy should continue existing seems to be hinged on whether or not this is a healthy relationship for Phoebe. Yeah, well, I mean, what they're trying to do is talk about, like, moving on as a metaphor, right? So... Like, they're trying to double this plot where it's like, okay, Phoebe needs to move on, but also this guy needs to be allowed to move on and die. Move on from his life but by dying. But it's all jarbled up because by boning him, Phoebe is moving on. That's what moving on looks like, y'all. Looks like boning Ken Marino. So the balcony collapses and Ken Marino doesn't immediately fall to his death like he did in the vision. Instead, he manages, I guess, because Phoebe gave him a heads up. No, no, no. In the vision, he was hanging on to the like. Oh, okay. He, he was hanging on by like a thread and then and then lost his grip. It's just now Phoebe catches him when he loses his grip. Yes, and pulls him back up, which, yeah, okay, Alyssa Mulatto can physically pull up Ken Marino. She does kickboxing. Yeah, it, it's true. She 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 does karate. But she pulls him up, and he's like, get away from me. And at first, it's like, oh, oh no, he thinks she's bad luck. But he's like, I don't want you to get hurt. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, like cartoon perfectly boy. He's, he's a cartoonish perfect boyfriend. He's afraid that his constant almost dying is going to get her hurt. He's right. I mean, he is right, yes. Also, it's at this point, you're like, okay, something is obviously going wrong. Like, there's something going on. Yes. So Phoebe tries to comfort him and gives him a hug and, of course, has a vision of him dying again. But this time we just see Cole standing over him ominously. Yeah, it's it's not a vision of him dying. It's just Cole standing over the two of them in bed, which... Okay. So, he, he changes tracks pretty quick. He's like, get away from me. I'm bad luck. You know, I'm going to kill you. And she's like, no, you're not. Shut up. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, in that case, stay here and protect me since you've saved my life three times in 24 hours. You know, we say this was the final destination thing, but really it's, it's just the three times, which I guess is a lot. I yeah. I mean, it, it would be a lot for a real person, but in a fictional narrative where, you know, I guess three times and then you give up is fair. <laughs> Right, it's like only murders in the building. Three people to die in one building is a lot. Yes. But it's fiction, so it's fine. Yeah. Like Cabot Cove. Who would live there? Who would work at Gray Sloan Memorial Hospital when half of their interns die every year? It's true. Or that fire station from that sister show you were telling me about. Station 19. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Yeah, who's going to work at the firehouse where half of the cast dies every season? 
What's really funny is that in Station 19, a lot of the tension comes from the fact that Ben Warren quit his job as a surgeon to go be a firefighter, and Miranda, his wife, is all worried all the time that he's going to die as a firefighter, and it's like, sweetie, the alternative is he works for Gregory Sloan. Six of one, Station 19 of the other. Oh. Anyway, the warlock goes to the attic and... The warlock and the past warlock, or the current warlock and the future warlock. Whatever. The two warlocks. They team up. The future warlock uses his amazing future warlock powers to stop the Charmed Ones from killing his past self. Because if anything happens to his past self, then the same thing will happen to his future self. Well, I mean, that's just true. This feels like something that's going to come up later in the episode when they vanquish the guy, but spoiler alert, that never happens. Like, it comes up later when Piper needs to convince her past self of something, but, like, they don't vanquish the warlock. They do not. Like, I guess all of the things that happen in this episode get undone due to time travel shenanigans, but, like, you you want to pop over to that invisible witch's apartment and stop him from killing her? They don't even know about that. I guess yeah, I guess they don't. God, she's just collateral damage, isn't she? Mm. Damn. And yeah, she's just like gratuitous murder of a non-named non-white main character. Yeah. Non-main character. Non-main character. Yeah. So they Blink into the attic. They have a little magic fisticuffs with uh, the charm. Well, two out of the three charmed ones. Piper gets knocked on her ass again. Like fisticuffs, crafticuffs, crafticuffs, crafticuffs. Uh, the guy drinks the potion of goodness, grabs the book. There is a long, long shot of him being like, "I have the book. Look at me. I have the book. Look, future self. Look, charmed ones. I'm holding the book." And I'm like. Paige, you have the ability to teleport objects, including the book. Why are you just watching this happen? Because nobody was there to shout, Paige, arm the book! <laughs> yeah, that is the weird thing where the Charmed Ones need to be told to use their powers. It is weird. But, like, come on, Paige, get off your ass. You're supposed to be the competent one now. Right? Sad. And the reason Paige is the competent one is because Phoebe apparently does not care anymore. She's she's still at Ken Marino's apartment. She goes into his bedroom and Cole, like, visibilizes himself. He was invisible and now he's visible. And he's like, I, I, God, I still love Cole so much. He, he starts with, okay, I know this looks bad. Yeah, they have a little conversation about their future and their past. And he's like, look... I, I'm not going to kill Ken Marino. I, I don't want to get in your bad graces by killing your current boyfriend, but also maybe stop trying to save him. You know how this works. I just had to have the same stupid conversation with your sisters. You know how the angel of death works. You know that he's not going to stop until he gets Ken Marino. And Phoebe's like, well, later in the show, he can rearrange the list and like take people off it. And Cole's like, it's not later in the season. It's, it's season five. We're still having some, some continuity. But Paige calls Phoebe to tell her that the Book of Shadows got stolen, so she's got to deal with that, not protecting her boyfriend from the Angel of Death. And Cole's like, I'll, she's like, well, she's like, I can't leave him alone, he'll die. And Cole's like, I'll keep an eye on him. And she's like, 
how do I know I can trust you? And he's like, I'm sorry, when this season have I done anything to betray you? Seriously! Like, I've done, I, like, yeah, I did murder that guy, but it's not like you told me not to murder the guy. Yeah. And, like, I have been busting my ass. You know how much not murdering I did of Adam Prince or whatever his oh name was? Oh my god, the, right? The guy from the fairy tale episode? You know how morally justified I would have been killing him when he was trying to kill you? But no, and I don't get any credit for that. Come on. Also, why, what's with Ken Marino? Why aren't you dating that guy I, you know, broke my ass setting you right? up with? You brought up that earlier in this episode, you brought up that Chloe can shapeshift. When we were first watching this episode, I thought Chloe was going to shapeshift into Phoebe to keep an eye on Ken Marino. I did, too, because she's like, I can't just leave him alone. And he's like, don't worry, I'll be here. And then it looked like he was about to shapeshift, but he just went invisible again. Yeah, and then she's like, okay, Ken Marino, I gotta go help out my sisters. And he's like, jokingly, oh, but he's going to protect me when you're gone. And it's like, don't joke about that. You, you've almost died three times today. Yeah, just, like, stay in bed. Is that even safe? Mm, true. Again, Final Destination stuff. Death's taking a lot softer of a hand here. Like, with the Prue thing, he basically was just like, hey, Prue, you need to let that guy get killed by demons or the demons are going to kill you and your sisters. Here's the thing about the Angel of Death. As as we brought up, it's a naturally occurring force. Hmm. He... This guy almost died from being shot. He almost died from being stabbed. He almost died from falling off a balcony. But this is like death death. He doesn't need to die by some Final Destination Rube Goldberg device. He can just have an aneurysm. Yeah. And there's nothing Phoebe can do about that. Seriously. Like, you think if death was looking to clean up loose ends, he wouldn't be messing around like that? I mean, I know it's what death does in the Final Destination movies. Honestly, death is the one who's being kind of a jerk here by, like, killing other people in the path while he's trying to kill this guy when, you know, he could just have him have a heart attack. I stopped watching the Final Destination movies after a certain point because I kind of... The first two movies feel like they're leading into something. I almost saw the first one. Well, not the first one, but the second one that picks up on the... You know, it picks up on the first one and it's kind of about the ripple effects because all of the people in that movie who survive are the reason they survive is because they were supposed to die initially but the things that changed at the things that death had to change to kill the other people Uh uh-huh altered oh okay Honestly, this episode is a Final Destination episode, because just like Final Destination, if you're able to have a premonition about it, you should be able to change it. I, I kind of thought they might explain the premonitions at some point in the Final Destination movies, but they really don't. It's just a thing some people get sometimes. Like, the first movie's fine, you don't have to question it because it's just one movie, mm-hmm. but then you just have to start to ask yourself, okay, is there some force that's like at war with death, giving people these these visions, right? Mm-hmm. Is like fate and chaos having like a war and which would have been like it would have been cool to and there's that thing where tony todd keeps on appearing in the movies yeah like he's the morgue guy in the first one and then he shows up doing something in the second one and he's a voice on the radio in the third one and you think they're gonna do something with that and some people theorize that he's like a physical manifestation of death but oh that's cool but it's also like and the theory that I always heard 
or that I heard once and it just stuck with me is that this is literally just death trying to amuse itself and it's the one that's sending the visions. Wow. Death is like playing death on hard mode. Yeah, basically. Kind of like that. But also the Final Destination movies aren't really worth watching. If you've seen one, then you got the whole vibe. Like I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah, the first one's good. I like the second one. I The third one is fine. <sighs> and there's so many iconic bits in that first one. Yeah. I mean, the problem with the later Final Destination movies is that they go to Rube Goldberg with the deaths. Because in the first movie, like... The girl gets hit by a bus. Uh, Sean William Scott gets decapitated by the train. The teacher falls in the shower. Like, there are plausible things. Honestly, the hit by the bus is the best death in that whole movie. And it's... She's standing in the street, not paying attention. She got hit by a bus. Like... Yeah, and then they start getting a little more complicated in the second one, and then it just went off the rails. It literally, because yeah, the one of them's a roller coaster. Yes, that's the third one. All right, anyway, the Warlocks have the Book of Shadows now, and they're going through all the spells, and they're like, ooh, look at all these spells we can cast now, because we have the Book of Shadows. Okay, here's an interesting continuity thing. Because the future Warlock finds a spell to remove a witch's powers. Not to bind, to remove. And the spell requires a human heart. Uh-huh. I would like to point out... This is something that has been established before in Charmed. The spell, not the... The spell. It was not in the Book of Shadows, though. The spell to remove a witch's powers was used by, I want to say, Tawatha, the Bernadette Petersy witch from that episode in season, I want to say, two. The one that um, Jonathan from 30 Rock was in. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it was season two because neighbor Jenny was in it. Remember neighbor Jenny? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, this has been an established thing, except it was an evil witch who was using that spell. Which makes it weird that it's in the Book of Shadows. Well, no, the, say the thing you're about to say, because I, I have a theory. Okay, the thing that makes it extra weird, though, is we know that Grams was planning to permanently strip the girls of their powers, and we know that, in fact, she had brewed a potion to do it, and the only reason she never got the chance to give it to the sisters is because she had a heart attack and died. So, Grams canonically cut out someone's heart in order to brew this power-stripping potion. Or not power-stripping, power-removing potion. Oh, okay. See, I think she did not do that. I think she did not cut out a human heart. I think she tried to, like substitute it with like a, a deer heart or something and that that's what caused her to have a heart attack was trying to use that spell without having sacrificed a human heart well you're giving grams way more credit than i am no no no. i think that that's what caused her heart to give out the spell like demanded it hmm. and i think it's grams ghost who put that spell in the book we know grams ghost has like manipulated the book before to like turn the pages to the pages the girls need I think you're being very, very generous to Grams. I think it fits with everything we saw, though. I'm not saying she wouldn't kill someone. I'm just saying that's why she had the heart attack. I'm sure she has a Cora thing going on where she's just a box full of hearts in the attic somewhere. 
this is actually the thing that I thought was cool in Once Upon a Time, where they were able to, like... They did cool stuff with the... With the heart stuff. Yeah, it wasn't just a weird thing from the original Snow White. Yes. Like, they, they made it a whole deal. Grams, always make sure to use every part of the ex-husband. Anyway, Phoebe's returned to the manor, and she lets them know that she left Cole to babysit, even though she doesn't trust Cole. I don't know. Whatever. So they're in panic mode. They're all trying to figure out what to do because the demons have the book and for some reason Paige just can't orbit back to her because we know they did objects don't even need to be in her line of sight for her to orb them i don't know i don't know why Paige forgot that she has powers but they're like i know we'll come up with new spells that weren't in the book of shadows so they won't be able to combat them the book of shadows is a book of good magic what spells would be useful against you that are in there? Well, the power stripping spell. Okay, yes, fair. <laughs> fair. Okay. Also, these are warlocks, which means that they get their powers by stealing them from witches, and now they have the spell to find a lost witch. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That hasn't become a power of three spells since last we checked. Can warlocks cast witch spells, though? Apparently, yes. Hmm, I guess. I mean, I guess they do have witch magic in them, right? Because they get their powers from witches. Yeah. And even though it's been heavily retconned now, originally blinking was a witch thing. All right, so the girls go up to the attic and they brew like a whole shit ton of potions as fast as they can. And luckily the warlocks give them time to do this because warlocks are nothing if not cinematic, I guess. Yes. Well, I, I suppose the making the power stripping potion, they used the heart of the invisible witch for that. Uh, I guess taking that took a little time. The girls throw the potion, but not before the warlocks throw their power stripping potion, which... I want to point out in the Burn It Up Peter's Witch episode, she needed three hearts to strip the powers from all three of them. Eh. And also, just for the record, uh, the potion should still work because they brewed them while they were witches, and you don't need to be a witch to throw a potion at someone. Also, Paige loses the ability to orb, even though that's a white lighter power, not a witch power. I mean, there's just a lot going on in this scene that's wrong. So let's just... Whatever. Yeah, so Paige and Phoebe get blown up by the, uh... The warlock of the warlock's past self slash the warlock of the warlock's future self. Yes. And, but just as they're turning on Piper, who would still theoretically be protected by the baby? Yeah, I think I think she would have been okay. But we don't have to put that to the test, because Leo orb tackles his pregnant wife out of the way. He's like... Sucks to be you, Phoebe and Paige. But, I mean, they've won, right? Because they've stripped away all of the powers, they have the Book of Shadows, and they've broken the power of three. Unless Patty had two more children we don't know about, which we know she didn't. <laughs> Patty was just cranking them out till the day she died. Yeah. But, uh, Piper's like, the all is lost moment! Like, they give Holly Marie Combs, you know, an acting thing, but... It's something that's, she's, she's a very good actress, but we've been to this well kind of a lot. I do like, you know, as I, as I mentioned previously in this episode, I do like the way they did time travel here, where since the future warlock hasn't returned to his time yet, 
his time hole still exists and they can use it. So that's what they're going to do. They are going to go through the time hole. That's what, that's where Leo takes Piper. And they're going to put right what once went wrong. Yeah. Like. To quote Quantum Leap. Like Piper's like, it can't end like this. And Leo's like, yeah, we're eight episodes into season five. Of course, it's not going to end like this. Like, we're just going to find the time portal thing. And then you can undo it. And, and, and Piper's like, you can, you can have busted this sort of thing out when, you know, Peru died. And he's like, eh. I was going to say that Piper actually says, what if it takes us to the wrong time? And I'm like, well, you've only, you've, you've got less than 10 minutes left in the episode, sweetie. So I'm pretty sure it's going to take you where you need to go. Yeah, this is not going to be a two-parter. <laughs> so Piper starts going into the portal. but I, I, I'm sorry. I just want to bring this up because I don't think our listeners know this thing about you. They might if they've listened to our Once Upon a Time podcast. You I, get very frustrated when people do not immediately go through portals. You're like, stop fucking around outside the portal and go through the portal before it closes. Yeah, because you never know when portals are going to close. I'm okay with it here because, you know, it's a stable portal. It's going to exist until the guy goes through it. And as soon as the guy shows up, Piper just goes through the portal. Like, Leo... Leo tackles the guy and he's like, go Piper. And she goes, she doesn't do that thing where Emma's like staring at hook. And she's like, no hook. Don't sacrifice yourself for me. He's sacrificing himself for you. So you have time to go through the fucking portal. Don't stand there and go. No, you are making his sacrifice pointless. Uh, anyway, Piper goes and talks to the piper who's blocked in by the delivery truck from back in the beginning of the episode i love what a huge asshole she is to pass piper because she gets in the car and pass piper's like oh crap you're a demon or something piper's like no i'm not shut up she slaps her in the face she's like you have to let ken marino die or phoebe and Paige are gonna die and piper's like what and she slaps her in the face again and she's like look at this see the same marks are appearing on my face now when phoebe asks Turn right or turn left. You say turn right and you watch Ken Marino die. I mean, basically the argument is, don't you want Phoebe's boyfriend to die? And if we've learned anything in this episode, it's that for some reason, Piper wants Phoebe's boyfriend to die. But she does throw in as she's getting out of the car before Phoebe gets back. She's like, oh, by the way, uh... Try not to be a huge asshole when she gets a boyfriend after Ken Marino dies. Like, just be cool afterwards because, you know, we don't have to worry about Ken Marino because he's going to die. But I kind of don't remember why we thought it was such a big deal in the first place now. Yeah, yeah. Seeing her two sisters get blown up put a lot in perspective for her. So they're running and Phoebe is like, I don't remember where my vision took place. Piper, do I go right or left? And Piper's like... Piper's like, oh, that's why you asked me the first time. Because honestly, it didn't make sense that you wouldn't have made the choice. Okay, let's go right. She says, God forgive me, right. Which I feel like Phoebe should have some follow-up. But right is the wrong direction. This slows them down just long enough for Ken Marino to get shot. I would like to point out, I mean, they don't, but... I feel like Piper could still freeze him and Leo could probably heal him at this point. No, because but... it wasn't done by evil because it was a natural death. Oh, oh, are we going by those White Lighter rules now? Yeah, why not? But yeah, uh, Ken Marino dies and the shooter guy immediately gives up. He's like, oh, okay. Well, that's what happened 
happened in the past too. Or yeah, that's what happened before too. Yeah, but it made more sense because Phoebe knocked the gun out of his hand. That's true. She did. This guy's just like, oh, I shot Ken Marino. I guess I'm done now. Yeah, I was just a bank robber running away. I don't know what his crime was. But I was just a bank robber running away. Now that I've committed murder, I guess I should give myself up to the cops. Ken Marino's a pretty big dude. I mean, I know this isn't exactly the place for logical thinking. but Is your point that he got shot in the shoulder? He should be fine. Oh, no. My point was going to be, like, instead of shooting him or shooting at the cops through him, hostage. No, I don't think he saw Ken Marino. I think it all just happened too fast. Yeah. I mean, and also this is, you know, that song from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, real life doesn't make narrative sense or real life fighting is awkward. Um, the the end of the movie song, which is where the real life, uh, real life doesn't make narrative sense. People are complicated and their motivations don't always make sense. It's such a good song. Okay, can we talk about the most awkward cut in the history of cuts? Sure. Uh, oh, oh! You mean from Phoebe cradling Ken Marino's dead body to Phoebe wearing headphones and just dancing around in her in her room, happy as a clam because she's figured out that she's time for her to move on. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't like this wasn't a six months later cut. This is later the same day. Like they've brought her ice cream because they're sure she's gonna be sad that she just held her boyfriend's dying body in her hands and she's like oh yeah no i'm I'm sad about that or whatever but i've realized that i need to move on and you were right piper i need to move on what what she's like you know what i i wasn't meant to save him you know i wanted him to be important to me but i think i was just in love with the idea of love what? You know whose heart I think got got taken out to make that potion? Phoebe's I what were they thinking here? She comes off like the worst person ever. A man is dead, Phoebe. Like even if you didn't know him at all, holding him in your arms while he died should affect you. Yeah, like what? What? But then Piper makes a wah-wah joke about the fact that she knew that it was the wrong way to turn, but now things have worked out better because of it. And No, no, no. She does not say that she knew it was the wrong turn to make. She just says that she thinks that Phoebe's going to find love because she had a little premonition of her own. Yeah, and then she walks out of the room and Phoebe and, and, Phoebe and Paige are like, what? Oh, by the way, we also saw past Piper vanish after Piper got Ken Marino killed future piper yeah the piper from the timeline where phoebe and Paige got destroyed i think this is interesting because it establishes that the multiverse the branching multiverse theory of time travel which has been a little overdone recently but i think is kind of the most solid uh it's the one that makes the most sense it's the one that makes the most sense that's not how time travel works in charmed oh yeah which is weirdly enough a consistent thing huh like it's re- it's really weird. I am excited to talk about future Chris, and it is one of the things about future Chris. But like, canonically, when he stop like when he does the thing to stop Wyatt from becoming evil, his timeline stops existing, which makes it a little weird that they're talking about sending him back to his timeline at the end of that season, even though 
canonically it won't exist anymore they're like what do you think your future is going to be like now that we stop that from happening it's like well it's not gonna be his timeline anymore well he's just gonna he's still gonna be him but he's gonna be i mean is he gonna get new memories or is it a marty mcfly i'd assume it'd be like a marty mcfly situation i i think and this is just like me trying to make it make sense that he'll be him right and he'll remember everything that happened, but he'll also have the memories that the new timeline has. Mm. And then it, cause he'll be this, it, it, there won't be two Chris's. It'll just be Chris. And then like the memories from the timeline that doesn't exist anymore. will just start to feel more and more like a dream. Okay. Weirdly, even though future Chris spoiler alert for charmed, come on, even though future Chris dies when they call Chris, into the past like, like when they call chris into the present from the altered timeline mm-hmm. he still has memories of stuff that happened yeah e- even though he definitely should not well no, no i think that no that's why i think that's what what happens he keeps both memories but that version of chris died like that version of chris should have no connection to any other future version of chris i think he remembers dying as a baby? I don't know. Like... Let's talk about this more when we get to Chris. Yes. I am excited to talk about Chris. Is is that weird? Do people like Chris? Honestly, I don't know. I love Chris. Yeah, I do too. He's so awful. He gets so many people killed. Oh, poor Chris. Also, they so obviously changed what Chris was going to be. Oh, yeah. There's no way in hell he was supposed to be Piper's son. No. No, definitely not. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Charmed. Yeah, I think that's the end of this episode. Much like the uh, Charmed ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition. Who in this episode is, was, or will become famous? I feel like we have to just talk about Ken Marino again, because there really wasn't anyone else in the episode. I, honestly, there was not. It's It's all just Ken Marino. Like... The warlock guy was a person who existed. I didn't recognize him from anything. Well, this won't surprise you. He's a soap opera guy. Oh. He's on Days of Our Lives. His name is Jason Brooks, and he's a Days of Our Lives actor. He did have a soap opera-ish quality about him. Now, Tosh Ayers is not really... He doesn't even have a picture up on IMDb, but he's the guy who kills Ken Marino. And I only bring this up because I want you to know that he's credited as youth. Hmm. I just thought that was funny. Yes. Because he, he can't be a criminal, right? We have no idea what he did, and he's innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. But yeah, Ken Marino. Check out his oeuvre. It is well worth watching. Yeah, he's been on a lot of good stuff, and a lot of stuff that's good except for one thing, because comedy does not tend to age great. Oof. Burning Love would be so good if if it didn't have just, like, this terrible transphobic moment. All right, that'll take us to the second power in our pack, uh, Time Freeze. What if anything specifically dated this episode? Okay, I feel like doing a Final Destination thing is a little of the time. Yeah, I can see that. I don't really have anything else that specifically dated it. I mean, there was obviously some old tech with the phones and stuff, but there wasn't anything where I was like, oh, this is what dates the episode. Yeah, and honestly, like... It is kind of a stock plot, the, you know, destined to die thing. It's not necessarily. Age doesn't matter. We can all die at any time. Yes. 
All right, that'll bring us to the third power in our pack. Telekinesis, what, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? I'm going to say nothing. Uh, okay. The thing is, this isn't a bad episode. It's not, like, a poorly written episode. It's just kind of a nothing episode. Okay, so this is, like, more of a nudge than a movement. Like, I, I, I a, a little, a little... My my cold frozen heart was thawed just the tiniest bit, mm-hmm. and that's when uh, Cole is basically anything with Cole trying to prevent Phoebe from dying. Like he's like, I'm not gonna kill Ken Marino because that's because I want Phoebe back, and I'm not going to interfere in her life because she has to you know decide to return to me, and she's definitely not gonna do that if I kill her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And you just basically all of Cole's like trying to win Phoebe back by being good stuff. Yeah, and again, Holly Marie Combs breaks out some really solid acting after her sisters are killed. It's just, again, we've seen this kind of a lot. Yeah. You can't you can't carry the show forever, Holly. You gotta pass it on at some point. <laughs> or, I feel like, I don't want to use it because it's, honestly, it's a pretty ableist metaphor. And it doesn't work if you think about it. Because I was going to say, you know, Holly Marie Combs' is good acting is a crutch. Except crutches are useful for getting from place to place. Like, the expression doesn't make any sense. I was thinking about it more like, Holly Marie Combs is like the one really good player on the team. And at some point, you you have to pass the ball to someone else. Like, you can't just be... It's the one girl who gets the starring role in every play because she's the best actress in your high school and after a certain point you have to be like yes but the other actors have to also try just because they're just because you're not getting the lead doesn't mean that you don't have to bring your a game well eventually in this metaphor holly marie combs graduates and now you have to have a rebuilding year Mm -hmm. so next week we're going to be talking about the episode sam i am oh oh yeah we're gonna confront uh we're gonna have Paige meet her dad who i will like to remind you was dead as hell at the end of the last episode he was in but eh. which is funny because the peacock description doesn't even mention sam it just says cole attacks the charmed ones hoping that they will vanquish him forever seriously yep that's what it says they, they, they don't mention the fact that this is the episode where Paige gets to meet her dad nope i mean it's called sam i am but nope wow yep all right, I think that does it for this week. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. Our show's partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at ilovetvzines, or you can email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Howell Manor. <laughs>